imposing grandeur, the quality or state of being impressive or awesome. purpose of studying theology or reading books, it's, it's not to gain our own intellect, but rather it is to bring us to Him. Because when you see how holy and how majestic our Creator is, the more you worship Him. He is our imposing grandeur. Hello, Imposing Grandeur Radio. My name is Alexa, and I say that because it's been almost three months since we've last been on here. Okay, so I feel the need to almost reintroduce myself, even though I know, of course, you have not forgotten us because you are the most faithful listeners on planet Earth. Um, But as always, I'm joined with Annie and Avery, and our hopes today is to touch base with you all on what God has been doing in our lives within this season. And when I say in this season, I don't mean the season of summer necessarily, because it has been a whole summer break since we last spoke, but rather a season of struggle, um, a season of pruning and growth in many aspects. So today's episode is going to be a little different. There's going to be a lot of vulnerability as we share with you all what God has been doing in our lives in hopes that he gets all the glory for any struggle that we encounter Because he uses every type of suffering, no matter how big or small, to continually draw his children unto him and to teach them the truths that they may otherwise never learn. And it was this learning experience, if you will, that required us to take that three-month break from podcasting. Yeah. um, Speaking of, I'm Annie. Um, Like Alexa (laughs) said, we don't necessarily have to reintroduce ourselves, but might as well. Um, and like Alexa briefly just touched on the, with the importance of taking breaks during seasons of pruning. And each of us, as we'll go into more so throughout the episode, had very different experiences, some related, some not. Um, and I just think it's important during times where there is that intense pruning taking place that you try to be as present as you can where you are. Mm-hmm. and not take on too much and really just take some time to grow and let the Lord teach you um, without the need to feel like you have to speak into all these people's lives. And with that being said, like Avery's talked a lot about how um, we don't have to be out of the valleys to necessarily talk about those valleys, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of the direction this episode's going in. It's not really a, uh, we're taking like an authority stance on all of this stuff. It's more just what God has been teaching us and is still teaching us. Yeah. Obviously, like you were saying, Annie, we aren't going to be able to talk about everything. But as a close-knit friend group and as sisters in Christ, the suffering of one individual is shared amongst each other in a lot of ways. And with that being said, it has been three months of just bearing each other's burdens, fasting, praying, etc., And we honestly didn't plan on making an episode like this this soon, Um, but it was actually Avery's idea, as stated by Annie. Um, So Avery, I would just like to first acknowledge and publicly express how beautiful it is to not only be with you during this time of your life, but to also see you honor the Lord through it all. And I was really humbled when you suggested that we should even do this episode. And I believe my first thought was, wait but we aren't out of the valley. Don't we need to be out to really speak into it or speak about it? Like Annie, you were saying, like 
we don't have any authority to really talk about this because the struggle still exists and it's still there. And that's simply not the truth. I think we all came to the conclusion that we would honor the Lord more now, praising him in the valley, than we could by having the comfort of being on the mountaintop and seeing with our physical eyes how it all fits into his sovereign plan. So while we each share a small part of our personal journey with you all, Avery, why don't you start us off by sharing, as much as you would like to, of course, um, what the Lord has been teaching you through this season. Hello, everybody. Like everybody said, I've been missing podcasting, especially because it seemed like an eternity since we post our last one. Mm -hmm. And um, I've missed just sitting here in my kitchen talking with my best friend. So it's good to be back. Um, But like Alexa said, we just felt a calling to kind of share what we're going through in hopes that if you have walked through a similar season or maybe you haven't, but you've felt similar emotions that you can be encouraged and just continue to look to the Lord and as he is your satisfaction. And um, so, yeah, we we hope that you're encouraged, not because we know the right answers, because we definitely don't. And there's a lot of words that I don't really know how to say or what to say, but I do know that God's truth is firm and constant and that's what we look to, not to our emotions or our feelings, but to who God is and what he is doing. Um, but brief summary, um, I found out I was pregnant back in April, the end of April, and me and 18 got to have an awesome trip in May up to see Annie. Um, and we had a sweet time together. It was like the start of our summer. We planned to podcast and have a lot of episodes out, but um, I think both of y'all got colds so and we ended up yeah. just watching movies mm. instead and not <laughs> podcasting. But honestly, like that was the Lord's will. And we see mm. now like we needed that time. We needed that mm. break. Um, but I ended up miscarrying around the end of June through July, um, around mm. 13 weeks. Our baby had passed away long before that. But I had something called a miss miscarriage where your body continues rising in hormones, thinking your pregnancy is progressing in a healthy way when really the baby is just waiting to be passed. Um, So in God's providence, I was not at home. I was in Georgia for most of May and June and was not able to come back to go to the doctor to um, either go through surgery or take medication to complete that process of miscarrying. So it was a long few weeks of waiting. I had a lot of work to complete before I could go home um, to North Carolina. And so um, God really answered a lot of prayers. Even though there's a lot of sorrow, I was able to make it through all the jobs that I had, which was like a huge answer to prayer for me. I physically wanted to be present for my brides that I was photographing their weddings for. And I didn't want the trauma of what I was going through to affect my job negatively. And God really answered that prayer. So I was super thankful to be able to finish that and come home. And I was able to go to the doctor at the end of June and kind of start the miscarrying process and be at home for that, which was another one of my answered prayers. I didn't have to go through surgery, which was like 
amazing and Mm -hmm. what I personally wanted. Some women want the opposite and that's totally fine, but I personally wanted to be at home and to be able to complete just that process of grieving um, just out of the comfort of my home and with my husband. So God really answered that prayer for me there. So that's kind of what's been going on since the end of, well, middle of July for me, um, just trying to physically get back to myself and Mm. learn how to grieve emotionally and spiritually and just all of that, what that looks like. So yeah, that that's kind of a summary of what's been going on. Thank you, Avery, for sharing some of that. I know that's not easy to do. Um, getting more deep into it, what would you say have been some of the hardest things about this season? Um, I kind of picked out four or five different just small bullet points. I won't go into crazy detail because it would be a very long podcast if I were to do that. Um, but I think the top, just learning how to grieve, I think this subject of miscarriage is kind of hush-hush in some circles. It's not something that's often talked about, and um, that's something else that we want to do is shed light on the process of grieving. It's just like grieving someone that you love that passes away. That's what the feeling feels like. At least it has been for me. But it's the grief of also never getting to know this person or getting to meet them or hold them. So it's like a unique grief that you're not longing for this person you've known, but longing for something you haven't known. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that number one has been one of the hardest things because it's a grief that doesn't fit in a box. A lot of people don't know what to compare it to because it's a very unique grief that there's not really anything like it. Um, I think the second thing would be one of the hardest things is learning just how to weep with those that are weeping and rejoicing with those that are rejoicing. We've, in God's providence and his sovereignty, been walking through a couple of friends that have miscarried or have miscarried alongside me. And then also had a lot of friends that have um, been announcing pregnancies a lot that have um, had babies and a lot of people super close to me. And so that's been really hard to learn the dichotomy of like rejoicing, but also being okay with being sad and being in your grief, but also being able to be selfless and looking to other people that are struggling too. to not be like, oh, this is all about me. I'm the one that sorrowful. Everyone look at me. But also be like, I'm not the only one struggling right now. There's other people that have either walked this road or are walking it or will walk it. And it's a daily battle, I think, to lay down your sin and fleshly desires to want it to be, um, I think, put yourself in a um, kind of sorrowful hole of just rolling around in your sorrow when you there's ways to work through that and to um, look to the Lord in that. And I think along with wallowing comes a lot of fear and anxiety mm-hmm. of the future. And that has been the third thing that's really been heavy, I think, is just spiraling in thoughts of, will this happen to me again? Mm-hmm. Will I ever have children? Longing for what is gone, 
watching babies be born that were younger than my child. Apparently that hasn't happened yet because he or she would have been born at Christmas. But I think just looking at other people's milestones of like, I would have known the gender. I would be right there. I would be doing this or this is, you know, this person looks like this and they were a month ahead of me. I would be Mm. about to be there. I would be about to taste that season. Um, And so I think a lot of fear and anxiety comes with that too. And a lot of the daily grieving process is working through that anxiety and fear and trying to figure out how to balance truth that's in my head of God's word and taking it from my head to my heart. Mm. Um, And I think the last two things, one, the physical healing from miscarriage has been really hard. Everyone's different. Some people find out they're miscarrying because their body just goes goes ahead and miscarries for them and they don't, you know, have to go to the doctor and go to the ultrasound and not hear a heartbeat and go through that whole process of surgery and in medicine and every way that you miscarry is just as hard. There's not one that's harder than the other, but I think just walking through the whole medicine side and inducing the labor and miscarriage process was something that I'd never known was so hard for a lot of people. You go through your own laboring process that I wasn't prepared for. Um, Mm. So I've learned a lot about it. Um, And that was another thing that was just hard is like bouncing back and not being able to do a lot of the things that you used to be able to do. Um, And I'm feeling a lot better now, but I definitely want to Mm. in the future share with other women my experience so that they can be prepared as much as they can be in something so hard, um, what that might look like for them. Mm. And the last thing that's been hard, I think, is just fighting the feeling of being alone because I know I'm not. And I have a lot of women that have walked this road before me and it's gone before me in this. Like even my own mom, I was born as a rainbow baby after a miscarriage. And so like even my life is a testament to God's goodness in that way. My niece is a rainbow baby, so my sister-in-law has gone through it. And then one of my dear friends miscarried about like a two months before me and then also miscarried again while I was walking through miscarriage. And so her friendship has been so dear to me in my pain. Um, and I think it's easy when you're sad to feel like no one knows what you're going through when really there's a lot of women that do. I mean, one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage, sadly. That's a part of living in this broken world. And so that means there's a lot of women. You have a group of five women you're hanging out with. Chances are there's one of them that has gone through it. And so there's um, a sense of community there, although it's not something you want to be in community with because it is such a sad thing. But I think just fighting the enemy's lies of you're by yourself. No one knows what you're going through. Um, when really there's a lot of women that do, and there's a lot of women that can be such a friend to me and point me to truth during my grief. Um, so yeah, that was that was mm. about the five thoughts that I could narrow down into little blurbs. Well, thank you for sharing that, Avery. And I know personally, I have wrestled with the thought of. I mean, especially before when we all found out you were pregnant and there was such rejoicing and then we all walked through that 
um, that valley together of you miscarrying and just the emotion that comes from that. And then there's this question of, God, what good could come out of this? You know, like I've felt like that. Annie, I know we both talked about that. And Avery, I'm sure that you've felt that. But it's like that Mm -hmm. moment in which like we don't doubt God's goodness. We know he is a good God. But there's that confusion of why why would like you have power over this? Why did this happen? Why like a life is good? You know, like having a baby live is a good thing. God, why did you have it die? You know, and there's that the internal wrestle, but God has humbled myself so much because he has shown me these silver linings of his working through this whole thing. And one of them is just being, is just observing the example that you have been because you have been so faithfully obedient to him and just submitting yourself to him. And like you said, it's a daily battle, but I think being able to be your best friend walking alongside you in this way, that has something that I have observed and have been encouraged by. But I wanted to ask you more specifically, what have you observed to be some good things or even joyful things that are amongst the sadness? Well, you're so right that there's always things God is doing. Like I was Mm. thinking through the Desiring God quote of God is always doing a thousand things in your life and you may only be aware of three of them. And just like anything, suffering or joyful times, like God is purposeful in it all. And it would be a lie to say nothing good has come out of this because Mm. that's wrong. And we serve a God that is sovereign and Mm -hmm. he only allows things that can be for our good and for his glory. And so there's been countless things that have been so joyful and amazing through this. But just to to name a few, definitely I've been so thankful for my nearness to the Lord that he has been my true comfort and resting place. I've learned so much about suffering, how it can be a gift to us in our walk with him. Um, And Annie sent a quote the other day by Spurgeon that just really summed up suffering and what that looks like. Um, your nearness to the Lord in suffering. And it says, I bear my witness that the worst days I've ever had have turned out to be my best days. Mm. And when God has seemed most cruel to me, he has been most kind. If there's anything in this world for which I would bless him more than for anything else, it is for pain and affliction. I am sure that in these things, the richest tenderest love has been manifested to me. Our father's wagons Our father's wagons rumble most heavily when they are bringing us the richest freight of the bullion of his grace. Love letters from heaven are often sent in black-edged envelopes. The cloud that is black with horror is big with mercy. Fear not the storm. It brings healing in its wings. And when Jesus is with you in the vessel, the tempest only hastens the ship to its desired haven. And that is like, beautiful and so summed up perfectly that God is in the tempest that only hastens the ship to its desired haven. So that has been the main blessing to come out of suffering. I think secondly, God has strengthened my marriage. I've been so thankful for my husband and what a companion he's been to me that he has ministered to my heart and has been there for me in moments mm-hmm. when no one else was maybe able to be there or I was feeling very by myself. And I'm so thankful for that because we've 
gone through something so unique that um, God has been so good to let us see the goodness already that has come out of it in just a short amount of time. And along with just that relationship, God's been so dear to us through just sweet, sweet friends that have come to minister to us. Like Annie and Alexa made us a sunshine basket of everything (laughs) yellow. And that was so sweet. Um, People have brought us meals and sent us letters and texts and calls, voice messages, gifts. It's all been a comfort. And in a way, it was acknowledging my child's life and rejoicing and God's goodness and gifting us that child, even when, sorry, even if we never get to meet them. And um, it gives me a small picture of what heaven's going to be like. So I'm thankful for all those sweet friends and just so thankful for you guys and all that y'all have done for us in our suffering um we're very thankful and um I think the last thing if I can hold myself together is I've been able to reprioritize just my work and things that I miss and long for for the future I I think I realized that I can't sustain the constant traveling my job was bringing me into throughout the year. With my husband being military, it's hard for him to control anything about his schedule and our time together. And I think I realized through this that I have the ability to control my schedule way more than he does. And I definitely feel more of God pulling on my heart, tugging me to slow down and be present in my community um, and at home trying to be more intentional in my church body here in North Carolina and just really take on that job as a homemaker and wife. Uh, And even if I'm never blessed with a child or children, you know, it's my heart's desire to honor God in those realms. And um, I want to be obedient in that. And I don't have to have um, the due date of a baby coming to be my obedience and stepping away and taking on less work. Um, and so I've just been praying through what does that look like? What does 2022 look like next year for me being obedient and being present in my church body and community and being here for my husband? Um, so that has been a gift to be able to reprioritize in ways that I probably wouldn't have if I'd still be pregnant right now. Um, so yeah, it's sitting through that, but those would be my top five things that I could think through. There's been countless joys, but those are just to name a few. I just want to say that the fact that you can even name one joy throughout the season is just a testament of God being in your life and him working through your life, because that is just, that's unheard of to go through something like that and to walk away counting the joys like you even saying that's just five of the joys there are many more but that's just five like that I'm just it's something that unbelievers look at and they just don't understand they can't understand because they don't have the logic of having a God who desires our good on our side 
but Avery, thank right. you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, and something that came to my mind too was like we're talking about joy, but we're not sitting here laughing, giggling, like right. It's still joyous and good, even mixed with that sorrow, which I feel like Avery, you've really been trying to um paint a picture of, and I think you've done a good job of that. Um thank you. Lastly, what I wanted to ask you is what has been the best resources currently to point your heart to truth in the midst of such grief? Um, I think the best thing has been the devotional held by Abby Wedgworth. She has a podcast as well on Apple Music, um, and it has been a book that has put all of my emotions down on paper. It has been a true gift to me, and I had actually two friends send me the same book, and I was able to give one to one of my friends that walked through miscarriage earlier this year, and that has definitely been the best thing for me. It was 31 days, so it walked with me through a lot of the rawness in the beginning of that grief, even before my body had even miscarried. I was already good halfway through that book. So it prepared me for a lot that um, I don't think I would have been prepared for if I hadn't have had that book. So God was super, super faithful in laying that on my friends' hearts to share that with me. And I encourage y'all, if you know anyone that has gone through miscarriage or if you just want to be prepared um, for future friends or yourself that walk through something like this, keep a copy on your shelf so that that can be the first thing you hand to somebody that is struggling and going through this because it really is such a good book to um, walk through grief with. And um, I think Psalm 126 has been a huge psalm I've returned back to and just countless hymns and songs, the Shane and Shane albums I've poured over many times, but for sure that Devo and those um, just songs on Spotify have been the best thing as I've been grieving. Well, Avery, we thank you so much for sharing your heart with all of us. And I have no doubt that there are people who will walk away encouraged after hearing your story as we all collectively recount the goodness of God in the midst of such deep sorrow. And whether you are walking through a miscarriage right now, maybe you have in the past, or maybe you haven't at all, there is this peculiar comfort that comes from being united in this way as believers. You know, we suffer, but we never suffer alone, even though it may feel like we are alone at times. Um, There's this beauty that we all can come together and worship God in the midst of such suffering. And like we were saying earlier, it doesn't make sense. It truly doesn't. Um, But God has blessed me personally. And Annie, I know he's blessed you as well. Just observing, Avery, how not only you have held yourself during this, but also to see God just powerfully come into your life and inspire others around you. I've had multiple people come up to me personally and um, after they've heard the news of your miscarriage and they're just like, like they, one person told me, I feel convicted at how she responded to this. You know, like the Lord is working in people's life, whether it's conviction or just getting glory from that. And it's, it's awe inspiring, truly. Um, but we're going to end this episode right here, but we will come back with a part two to hear about Annie and what the Lord has been teaching her during her season. And then we will come back with a part three um, for me to share what the Lord has been putting on my heart and what I've been experiencing. But um, 
we just want to thank you again, Avery, for being so vulnerable and not holding back from that, but also being the person to kind of lead all of this up and saying, guys, God is teaching us all so much in our own seasons. We need to talk about this. We need to share this because he is making himself much of in our life. And we need to proclaim that. And I think that that is just so beautiful. But um, we will see you all next time on part two as Annie shares a little bit of her heart with us. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.